Welcome to the Agent Success Institute podcast. This is a space where you can learn, gain confidence, and grow your business as an independent agent, not part of a real estate team. We're happy to have you with us today, so let's get started. So this month, we are calling this Foundation February. We want to help you start right in everything with your real estate career. The first thing being how to know what company to work for. And it seems like everywhere you turn, you're hearing where to go, what to do, what your career should look like, but it all tends to be one-sided, at least what I'm hearing. So I want to give you the entire experience. I've been doing this since 2005, so goodness, 19 years. Um, when I first started, we had uh, magazines uh, with newspaper no, we had magazines with uh, new listings in them. By the time they came out, they were outdated. My office actually had carbon copies of contracts. So things have changed a lot. And the reason I share that is because offices have changed a lot too in terms of what kind of offices people work for, uh, what are offerings out there, what they're like, if they're national or boutique. So we're just going to kind of talk up through that so you can decide what's right for you. I've worked at both, and so I feel like I have a good background of information to give you to kind of help you make that decision for you. So I've worked at a company that had one office. I've worked at a national chain, um, and I've also worked at a company that had probably four or five offices, and then also now my own company and a company that has just the one office. So with all of that in mind, let me tell you my story. I'm going to tell you my story of, of how I started, and I'm going to give you three steps on how to find the right broker for you. So the right, right broker for you could be a small company, it could be a big company, but these are the three things that I'm going to tell you to look for. Number one, find someone who you like. So when I first started out in real estate, I had this list of like three or four companies that I was going to interview. That's kind of how you did it. And I mean, it still is. You kind of pick them and they take you, right? And so the first place I went to was Hal Frank's Realty. It's in, it was in Ohio. And he was just so nice. Now, I had heard of his company, although I had not met him. He had been around since I was a little girl. So I had heard of his company, knew where I was at. I met him. He was super nice. I actually got very lucky because I literally picked him because he was a gentleman. I was a new mom. It was very cold. And he was a very nice gentleman and helped me take my coat on and off and just chivalry, just great guy. So I really got lucky because I'm telling you, not every guy who has good manners is a good person to work for, but he was phenomenal. And I worked there for almost seven years and I loved every minute of it. But I started to look for other places and I couldn't find any. So I thought I would start my own. But the timing was just not good. So when I'm thinking about starting my own and I actually started taking broker's classes, I literally had a baby who was about four or five weeks old, a two-year-old, and then two kids in elementary school. And I remember sitting there one day at my kitchen doing my work, looking up and realizing my youngest two kids were wearing the same clothes for three days. And I thought, oh, this is not the right time for me to take my classes. And I literally quit in the middle of the classes. I never do that. So I was open to looking at other places because I was young. I was 
early 30s at this point, and Hal was probably in his 70s, and I knew my career was just starting, and he was going to retire way before I was, you know, done working, and I wanted to go somewhere that was as good of an experience as it was with him. So that is when I changed companies. I had a friend call me. He was at a big national company, and he was actually a guy who was on my list of agents I wanted to work for me if I opened my own company. And so when he called me, I'm like, well, I can't really work for you because you're on my list. Like you're supposed to work for me. And he's like, well, I can't do that because I own the company. And we kind of laughed about that. And I said, you need to come talk to my husband, see what he thinks. Guys, it was so hard to leave how I literally tried three times and cried every time. I ended up being a big chicken and left a note on his desk and cleaned out my desk late at night, like seven or eight o'clock where I knew that nobody would be there because I just didn't want to hurt his feelings because he had been so, so good to me. And literally, if it was not the fact that I knew that he was going to retire any day, I shouldn't say any day, that's being dramatic. If I knew he wasn't going to retire the next few years, I would have stayed. And unfortunately, he ended up passing away about less than two years after I left his office. So I went to this big company and I absolutely loved my broker. He was the broker, owned the franchise of this big company. He was awesome. In fact, I still talk to him to this day. I just talked to him a couple of weeks ago. He's been very helpful to me. Um, answering my questions I've had, and he's just a super nice guy. Well, he was my broker for a couple of years, and then he also retired. And I get it. I mean, you get to that age where that's what you want to do. And I would have stayed with him forever because he was so great, not necessarily what his company offered, but because he was the person that I could see myself working for for a long time. The problem is he sold the franchise. And what's funny to me is that I like left for vacation with my family, having no clue that any of this was happening. And here he had been in talks to sell the company with somebody else. Um, the person he was going to sell it to, I did not care for them as a realtor. I left for vacation and had this broker that I just thought was awesome. And I come back and find out that he has sold the company. I'm sorry, sold his franchise to somebody else. So I remember that I, you know, I wasn't happy. I was very vocal about that. Like I'm going to be working for somebody else. I refused to work for this guy you sold it to. And I remember the guy he sold it to sitting down with me in meeting, which I did not want to do. I literally did that out of respect for the broker who had just sold his franchise. And hey, we're all human. We're not perfect for sure. So here's my very unperfect moment. He's talking to me. I literally have no idea what he said. I don't know if he was telling me about what he did as a realtor. I don't know if he was telling me about what he was going to offer us. I don't know if he was telling me about why the national company we're working for is so great. I literally have no idea. All I remember is sitting there thinking the entire time, I just want to punch you in the face. Now, my husband's probably going to be editing this thinking, I can't believe you just said that. And legit, I have never punched anybody in the face ever, 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 nor do I plan on doing that. I think it was just like, I came back from vacation. I was on this high with my kids. Like we had just been to Disney World, actually. And then I come back to this and I was just so over it. And so I knew that 
that was not a place I wanted to stay. And I did not. But that brings me to point number two. So the big franchise company and the the boutique company, the difference was the broker, right? And so by having somebody that you like and someone that's there for you, that's what made the big difference for me. And so the the national company, it wasn't that I liked or disliked the fact that it was national. It didn't matter. There really wasn't any differences I noticed personally in between the two companies. What made the companies both great was the broker. And so when that changed, there was way less appeal to me to stay. And one of the things that both of them did that I just see less and less, which brings me to point number two, is they trained us. So for example, when I went to Hal Franks, I remember, like again, this was so long ago, some of you in real estate might not even know what this means, but we had weekly uh, meetings and then they were on Wednesdays, they'd be at nine o'clock, he'd bring donuts. And then by 9.30, 9.40, we would go on tour. And that would be where we would get in each other's cars, you know, carpool, pile four or five of us in a car and drive around to any new listings that we had as an office so we could see what those listings were like to be able to tell our clients or just, you know, know what they were like. And so, but he also trained us specifically one-on-one with him. So he showed me how to fill out a contract. He gave me a cheat sheet. He answered my questions. He talked to me about different title companies that were in town that were good to use. We went on tour, just the two of us. And I remember it was a vacant house, cute house. We go into the basement. We're not even in the basement. We open the top steps and I look down and it reminds me of Home Alone, that first movie that has like this huge, huge furnace. And I could see this huge furnace, the biggest furnace I've ever seen in my life ever up to that point. And I've even since then only seen a few that big. Original to the house, huge, big you know, pipes coming out of it. And I remember turning around, look at looking at him and saying, yeah, I can't go down these steps. I just realized I am paranoid of basements and especially empty basements. And he literally started laughing and he goes, well, you're a little late for that now. And he, and I thought, well, he's right. I'm licensed. And I walked downstairs. We went and saw the house and he helped me through that fear. Had he not been there, I don't think that I would have stopped selling over that, although I can be a big chicken, so maybe. But he helped me conquer that fear and trained me and just kind of said, well, it is what it is. Let's keep moving. And that encouragement helped me become a successful agent relatively quickly, much quicker than what they taught us in classes would happen for us to start selling. So point number two is go where they train you for free. I hear all of the time as I'm listening to real estate podcasts, why people should be buyer's agents. They should be buyer's agents so that they can get training under this team leader and that will help them be more successful. Well, there are a couple of problems with that and we'll go more into this over time. But one is a lot of times these team leaders are like two, three, four years of experience themselves. Trust me, you don't have as much experience as you think you have. You've been doing this for, you know, two, three, and four years. I mean, think about people. So this is February, 2024, who have only been licensed for three years. They've only seen crazy markets, right? So the other problem is that these people who are coming in on buyer's agents to get trained are not making as much money as they potentially can. I'm a really firm believer 
that everybody can be successful as an independent agent for lots of reasons. I personally think it's better for the agent and it's better for the client. Um, That's my opinion. I have a lot of strong feeling about that for a lot of different reasons. But either way, I feel like a brokerage that you are putting your license in and you're saying, you know, hey, I want to work for you, that they should train you, train you for free. And I just don't see a lot of that now. I hear people say, you know, you should come here and we have training, which means sit in a classroom for one day and they let you go. They provide a computer screen of, you know, um, of university, so to speak, they'll call it, of classes or classes you can find online. But if you want any kind of personal training or whatever, then you're on your own to pay for that. And I feel like to some level, an agent that you work for or a company that you work for owes it to you to train you and then anything above and beyond that basic. That's where you can find those classes online or somebody like me steps in to walk you through the step-by-step process of, you know, how to get more than the basics. But if I was looking for a place, step number two, from my experiences, would be go where they train you for free, at least some degree of training. It doesn't have to be, you know, the equivalent of what you'd pay $5,000 for if you found it online, but some kind of training where you can have the basic understanding of, of paperwork and, and things to help you start out on your own and and know what the heck you're doing. And finally, point number three, or I would say what I would look for, number three, if I were finding a company, would be go where you are more than just a number. Every single day I get, for the last probably two weeks, I've gotten at least one, sometimes multiple emails from this guy who is in Texas, who works for a big national chain. And the goal of this chain is to bring people on board. And um, I don't know how it works, but they are compensated somehow through that. And literally, I have no idea how. All I know is this guy is constantly telling me to be on his team, be on his team. And believe me, it's not flattering. It's like generic emails probably made through AI that are sent to me and 300 other people on his mailing list. And there's this one lady I get a text from who will send him. I know it's like a cut and paste telling me to come to the same company and that I can contact her. And so I'm actually having fun with it. Like twice, I sent her a text back that said, thank you. I have no interest. I was kind of a little snooty about it. She sends me the exact same cut and paste text, like within, I don't know, a week or two of each other. And I sent a reply back and now I just ignore him. I got that same text three times and it was somebody in my local area. So to me, just by that, I can tell I'm a number, right? And and that's fine. Some people like that. It's like the difference between going to a huge college and sitting in, in an auditorium with 500 other people taking the same class or going to something smaller where it's maybe, you know, 40 people in a class. Everyone has something different than what they're looking for. But I would tell you, if it were me, I would go somewhere where I'm not just a number. Because if you're just a number, all that matters is who's going to succeed. That's what they're looking for, right? So you can throw in 
200 people and if five of them succeed, then that's great. Those are the five that they want and nobody else is going to get attention. And I don't mean that specific to any company or any brand. I mean that specific in a lot of areas, right? So it's like in a, I don't know, I'm just making something up, applying for college. They might have, you know, 300 applicants and then they only take 20 for a certain program or in a sales type position where they are going to take 500 and maybe only five succeed. I mean, the numbers I'm making are just kind of random, but you get the idea. It's not that these companies are the only places doing this. I mean, you can have a company that only has 20 people and looks for two to succeed. It doesn't matter. The point being, you want to go, at least I would want to go if it were me, to a place that's going to set you up for success. Not just say they're going to do it, but set you up for success and You can be just a number or you can choose not to be a number. That's up to you. But just realize that some places are going to see you as just a number. And for me, that's not what I want. So these are the three tips I would give you on how to find a brokerage. Number one, find someone who you like. Number two, go where they train you for free. And number three, find some place where you're not just a number. Now, this is based on 19 years of experience as a realtor. However, I will tell you this. There are some people who are in a small place and will never leave and love it. And there are some people who are in a big place and will never leave and love it. And there are some people who have been at both and know for sure which one they prefer. So I'm not telling you that what I'm saying is correct. I am not saying that at all. What I am saying is that for me, those were the three things I was looking for. So if somebody came to me and said, if my son came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about joining a real estate company, what would advice would you give me? I would give him that exact same advice that I just gave you, those three things. That does not mean that what I say is the end all be all. That doesn't mean that that I'm even right because where somebody goes and where they're comfortable is completely up to them and so, and everybody might want something different, right? Some person might want to be like, I want to be a big, in a place with 500 agents. I want to do my own thing and be left alone. And some people might think I can't be where there's more than five because maybe they're more, they need more help or they feel not as confident and need a lot more one-on-one. There is not a right or a wrong answer. It's what's best for you. I'm just giving you these things as ideas because I feel like nobody else out there, at least that I've seen or heard, is talking about all of the different types of places you can be in and why they can be good or what to look for. It all feels like they're kind of saying the same thing and it seems very one-sided. I think a lot of that is because the, the people or the agents in particular who are talking about this are like, max 10 years in, most of them five and less. And so they're not seeing the whole picture as someone like me who's done it for a long time. And again, that does not mean I'm right. That means these are the three things that I would look for that I see now as someone who's been in it for 19 years that I would not have even thought about, you know, 19 years ago. It didn't even anything that crossed my mind. So I hope this helps. I hope if nothing else, it gets you kind of thinking, like, what place do I want? What place is right for me? And if I can get you to think and maybe think about things you didn't have thought about before, that way you can go in knowing that you're making the right decision for you, whatever that decision is. 
And I hope you have a great day. And if you want to reach out and ask me any questions about my experiences and the different places I've been in, I would be happy to help and answer them and maybe give you a perspective that you haven't heard before. And I hope you have a blessed day. That's it for today. Thanks for listening and may your career be blessed as you bless others. 